0: You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. The Tennis.com Podcast is back again. Uh, as usual, Ed McGrogan here with Steve Tigner. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and Steve and I want to touch upon um, on a rare Monday podcast. These have kind of drifted off into the weekdays, but we wanted to uh, look back on a pretty pretty eventful week, I thought, Steve, in Washington, and this was a tournament that for a little while really the past maybe if you go back about 5 or 6 years and this is back when um you know when US tournaments were a little more plentiful you still had tournaments like Indianapolis and Washington you know has always as the leg mason in a, in its earlier days always had a spot in the calendar it's brought upon a WTA event um it's got it got some really good coverage on tennis channel which i thought was worth pointing out uh, that's actually the reason I found out that it's it's technically not even part of the u s Open Series because of its deal with them and Le Gardaire and all this, but overall, this was a pretty enjoyable week, I thought you know before we get into the big Masters events, which is what we always look
1: forward to yeah I think d c you know I think we said it last week it's it's become a bigger event than it was it's it sort of got lost I think in the u s open series when there were more events now seems like it's become more essential for um players from overseas to to come over and and play this when it's a 500 level it has a women's draw like you said there's a there's a lot of tv and media coverage there um which makes sense cuz it's in a good you know it's in a good market um but yeah i've been surprised you know it almost feels like you've got three big three important lead up tournaments to to the us open now with Canada and Cincy, of course, and and DC has kind of taken its place, just maybe a step below those.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. The other, you know, the other one which we probably won't speak to as much is Stanford, that was won by um, Angelique Kerber, won her fourth title of the year. Actually, not sure how much of that you saw. Um, you yeah, know, the other, the one that that I want to pay attention to is one that you just wrote about, and that's. Uh, Sloan Stevens winning the city open in d c uh, winning so very convincingly in the final six two six one six two over Paviachenkova um that's you know a a result I don't think anybody would have expected uh certainly not coming into the week but as as you wrote in your piece, Steve, which I thought was very a very good take on everything that that this is a win for Sloan Stevens that's worth paying attention to. And that you could play down the nature of the event um, and all that, and and that it's finally you know it's taken her so long to get this title, but that's I think that's not really the point, um, and that you know in in this in this crowded calendar where so many things happen and so many things can change in an instant, uh, Sloane did a lot this week to to look at. Yeah,
1: I think you know you can easily put a lot of caveats on this. It's not a big tournament. Um, Probably, Achenkova didn't play that well in the final. Sloan didn't beat anybody who was in the top 20 last week. Um, so, you know, you could you could say all these things, but I don't. I think at least for today, it's really just worth, you know, celebrating this win, or for her to celebrate this win um, without worrying about the future for once. That's something that she seems that you know it seems to have hurt her in the past is is the expectations. And here's you know, here's her first real full success on on tour after after eighty four tournaments. I mean a lot you know, most players don't ever reach a final or win a tournament, but she was and I hadn't realized this, the only player in the top forty who had never been to a to a final before this week. So it's a you know, it's a big breakthrough and I think you could see I think you can see how much she wanted it in the semis. She how much she wanted just to make the final against Sam stoshi She was she was much you know, Sloane was much fought harder, was more positive, I thought, than than what we've seen from her in the past. And I think in the final, she really just showed a lot of variety of, you know, a lot of different aspects of her game that you might, you know, you know that she hasn't, you know, that you might not know about or, or her, you know, she's not just a power player. She, you know, she showed a lot of different, a lot of different things that she can do. Um, and it seems like, it seems like just having, not being the focus anymore of, of the U S attention and just kind of going about her business, going back to an old, her old coach that has been enough to sort of, I feel like she's back on her normal, normal path. Now, maybe the path she would have been on if she hadn't beaten Serena and made the semis of the Australian open two years ago, she can sort of take it step by step. And that's, I feel like that's what she's done this year.
0: Yeah. See, that is the cliff notes of your piece without a doubt there. of uh, there's, there's a lot, I think to, to touch upon there. Um, First off, when I was looking for photos just to build this piece, it struck me as you know we weren't seeing these dour, just glum images of her that we've just got become so accustomed to. Uh, in the past few years, I mean, really, the past year or so, um, really, we her matches have not been a pleasure to watch because we often haven't seen the best of her, and, and you get that just by looking at the results, you know, this was her first final as you say. I had to I, I had to double check that. I was just surprised that that was actually true that someone who has gone so deep and at quite a few of the slams and and you know, obviously has fallen a little bit on on hard times with all the pressure that's been put on her, but he finally does get to this final and, you know, takes that, that further step right away. Um Sav- Nick Saviano seems like a big part of this too, as you say. It's it's interesting now to really contrast that with with what's gone with his former pupil, Eugenie uh, Bouchard, who uh, decided to move on from Saviano last year, and and we're seeing, um, you know, obviously a totally different side of the coin with her. She's playing really just as poorly as Sloan did at times uh, prior to that, um, and then you know the biggest thing I I think. Kind of because I think you've hit on everything as it pertains to this week. But you know, going forward, I, I will talk about going forward a little bit with Sloan as, as you you bring up about her abilities as a player and how she showed a lot more of that this week in D.C. But ultimately, is is her key to to long-term success? You know, whether that means titles or more deep runs or something bigger than that is it her power game, her obvious power talents, what's going to take her there or or can Saviano and her seem to develop more of a of a lethal kind of all-around a, a better overall
1: game of tennis? I think the overall game is is the, the way to go for her. She can she can hit big, but she can do more than that. She's got good hands, she's got a good court sense. Um, got a, you know a nice serve. She doesn't you know she's not huge hitter hit or miss sort of the way um madison keys is say or stoser um i think sloan has doesn't have that all-out power but does have the potential for more variety so i feel like i feel like what she showed yesterday is what sort of could be you know a decisive aspect of her game a, a something that she has an advantage over over her opponents um you know, we'll see it's really just I feel like it's mental with her in, you know in in being positive not being negative feeling believing that she can she can win um you know we've seen her do well and then not do well again so i don't know if this is a corner that she's turned fully but um but it's something that she can you know you know it, it's definitely something a milestone in itself i'd say
0: yeah that's a good way to put it um, the, the other side of DC, the the men's event, a pretty as we said last week, not too long ago, just a few days really, um, a pretty nice field, and um, and we have a final of John Isner, Kane Ishikori, both players. We brought up each of these guys last week. You brought up Nishikori as you know. This is kind of a um. Really, this whole stretch of August is a is a kind of a, a pivotal time, perhaps for Nishikori. Um, he wins this week over Isner in three sets. I, I watched a lot of this, um, a lot of the weekend actually. In general, um, Nishikori, you know, down a set, tough conditions. DC is always one of those events that when when people talk about the dog days, uh, you know, in the summertime. It, a lot of people point to them, to that event, Cincinnati. Um, but Corey, you know, he comes back. He, he basically does what you have to do against Isner is find a way to break once, and then it's it's more or less home sailing um, because that's pretty much all that's going to decide sets one way or the other. Um, one thing that was pointed out in that broadcast that I keep forgetting and perhaps not giving enough credit to Nishikori too is his record in the third set of matches. Um, I think it was something like best or second all time amongst about given the number of matches he's played. Um, He has quite a record in, in in, in that stage of matches. Hasn't always brought it in the biggest, biggest events and I guess that's you know, where we go from here from Nishikori, but he, and he did also beat Marin Cilic um, in the semis to atone a bit for last year's U.S. Open. So, um, you know, before getting to anyone else, I mean, this was obviously a nice week for Nishikori and kind of sets himself up very well going forward this month.
1: Yeah, I'd, I had said at the beginning of the tournament that this seemed like a perfect week for him to really take a step forward. You know, not, only Andy Murray of the Big Four was there. Um, it's a surface he likes it's you know he, he hasn't done that well at at masters events but this was a 500 where he you know he's been successful at that level you know it just seemed like a prime week for him to get ready for the u.s open or even just to show that he can win he can be you know win this tournament and possibly do something at the masters that seems like the really the next step for him is to do something at a masters event. But um but yeah he won two close matches in the end and he he really has been good in final sets. I don't know what it is like you said that he doesn't necessarily do that at the grand slam. He lost the fifth set to Song at the French Open this year. Um but I would think you know it just seems like whenever he gets anything rolling he has a you know he has a physical problem. I feel like this is another time when, you know, when you don't have Feder in Montreal. This is, you know, it seems like another opening for him. You know, this coming week. Yes. Yeah.
0: You pointed out that he he does have a little sort of an a draw that could that could go his way if if he plays up to his potential uh, up north there. We'll get into those in just a second. Um, the rest of the weekend, you know, you had two two Americans worth discussing in D.C. Steve Johnson had, you know, basically a career run to the semis, um, but had just as tough a way to exit the tournament. He's, you know, he he ended up him and Isner ended up trading three match points apiece, um, and the only, the the first one that was on either player's serve was Johnson's. He was up uh, 6-4, I believe, in a third set breaker. And what was a pretty compelling match, you had yeah, the crowd obviously has a lot in, a lot invested in a match like that. Um, both guys, I thought, played well. You know, both kind of really brought out the best in each other. Johnson ends up losing. You know, of all things, kind of an extended rally to Isner, and otherwise would have put him in a you know in his first final. Um, overall, though, that was a nice week for him. Someone who's really. Um, seems to get the most really out of everything he's he's got, but and has and done pretty well in the rankings too to reflect that. Um, and then Isner, you know, goes to the final. Like I said, you know, had the edge on Nishikori early on. Uh, I thought kind of got worn down a- as the match progressed. Um, it, to me, I always I always kind of whenever I see Isner go deep at kind of this long stretch of good play because he's. He actually has kind of been a pretty streaky player really over the years is um is what I've noticed. And I always wonder really, you know, what the seal ceil- what is he really at his ceiling? Is 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 this kind of really what what it is, is is what you get. And I don't think anybody I think you could argue that, that, that that's the case for Isner. I think that's perfectly fine to say. Um but I guess, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, of course, he does. He, ha- he has had some success in um Masters event in Cincinnati before he reached the final and, you know, remains to be seen if he'll even play this week in Canada after two weeks in a row. But um, overall, that's a-, a pretty good week for both guys, you know, in general.
1: Yeah, that match was um, that was a great match. The Isner-Johnson match, it was exciting anyway in-, in the end. Johnson, you know, Johnson beat Dimitrov and he beat Jack Sock, who didn't seem that into it in the second set of their match. Um, you know, Johnson's a guy I think is has a definitely has a ceiling. Uh, but he's you know, he's a he's a guy who's always gonna try his hardest. Isner, I feel like, you know, it's this is his time, this is his time of year. You know, is there a way for him to avoid burning out here or or to to start to, you know, not just do well in in this time of year but do something at the US Open or or take another step forward i you know i, I don't really know i think i think he, there was a sense even when he won the first set against Nishikori but when he when he started he had a shoulder problem in the second set and it seemed like Nishikori just showed that he's the better player and i think John even said that afterwards that K is he feels like it's about as good as they get from the baseline um and it kind of sh- you know Isner had done what he Gone as far as you could against him. Sure,
0: yeah. Um, quick, maybe quick take on quick few things on Canada. You know, look at first of all, reads Steve's pretty exhaustive bracket breakdowns on the site for both men's and women's events. Um, I guess what are you most looking forward to? Just in general of the of this coming week for for Canada on the men's and women's side. Um, obviously, you just mentioned there's quite a Couple big pullouts, you know. Federer, of course, we mentioned. Sharapova also out on the women's side. Um, we'll get to see, you know. I think is a fairly big story to kind of see where he goes um, as he enters the hard court stretch of, you know, of this season for him. There's Serena, of course, um, and and maybe that's really is you know the story, and and it should be probably this whole summer as we head to Flushing Meadows
1: yeah I guess you start with serena well know how how's she, how she gonna start off here um what's she you know what's her game gonna be like how how mu- you know if she has any physical problems how long will she stick around you know what what's her state of mind going into you know what will probably be the biggest tournament of her career at the u s open um I think you also look at Venus Williams who got to the finals of this tournament last year is she somebody who can challenge Serena she has a tough first round as um, a as well we saw her get better through the spring at the French open and and um, Wimbledon but lose to Serena and on the men's side I think I think you know I feel like Rafa is a big is a good story a good question mark you know he's he sort of feel like maybe he could do something at this tournament I picked him to, to make the final you know it's a it's something of a long shot he'd have to beat He'd have to be Murray, um, but but I feel like Nadal likes playing in Montreal. He's won this tournament twice, and he has the memory of one of his first big wins in in two thousand five here. So that you know, I think I think it'll be interesting. It wouldn't be surprising if, if he had a breakout tournament here. You know, of course, he could go the other way, but I feel like you know, I've there seem to be good signs from him.
0: Yeah, and you made a good point about Djokovic as well, who will also be playing, of course, in that. Uh, in that last summer, it was so strange to see him really kind of fade after winning Wimbledon, in um, what was a huge win for him. I, you know, I think everybody realized that of kind of this little slump he had at the slams, and and you know having Boris Becker in, in his camp trying to really justify that in a way, and. We just didn't see any sort of follow-up from Djokovic as he headed to North America after. Um, I, I think that, it tr- I mean, I do think as good as a player as Nishikori is, that's you know that's a semifinal at the Open that Djokovic would probably love to have back there, and. Um, and should he, you know, should he continue on the plane that he's on this year? I mean, we could be talking about really one of the great seasons, and certainly comparable to his 2011 season. So, you know, for Djokovic, I think that I think this is also um, a, a curious portion of of the
1: year as, as we go toward New York. Yeah, I think this, will, you know, it would be a surprise if he came out as flat as he did last year. Last year he lost he lost 6-2, 6-2 to Sangha in Toronto. He lost to Robredo in Cincy, and then he lost in the Shikori at the Open. Those are three three matches, like you say, he'd like to have back. Um, but historically, though, he's done well at this time of year. He likes this tournament. He also had a big early uh, career title um, in Montreal, where I think he beat Federer and all in the same tournament. Yes, he did. Um, so... And you know he just feels he feels like he's it feels like he's steadier he's you know he's better this year than he was last year I you know I think he'll I think he'll come out and and be fine at this event I you know it's hard to even it's hard, really hard to pick against him winning it with Federer out of the event um, you know Djokovic is definitely still the favorite
0: yeah um, we'll be on Canada pretty regularly this week um, so please tune in to tennis.com follow tennis on twitter at tennis and of course steve tigner and myself on there as well so um, chime in and tune back in again next week um, for the tennis.com podcast thank you all for listening
1: you've been enjoying the tennis.com podcast for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com